Here we are for another episode of Real Life Game Changers. This is where we are introducing the people who have changed the game, either in their life, their industry, for other people, or all of the above. That's what we like about this. We go live, but you may be listening to this elsewhere. So whatever happens, whatever question comes up, feel free to reach out to Mark Harvey, any of the social medias of Mark Harvey, or any of the social medias of Real Life. Uh, now you're in for a massive treat. We're talking business, we're talking property, and strangely enough, we're going to be talking tennis. And what the hell has tennis got to do with property investing or building a business or anything for that matter? So, uh, welcome, Mr. Adam Wilson from Wilson Architects. You, you guys are in for a massive treat, I'm telling you, because uh, Adam's extensive knowledge and experience on uh, property deals, working with investors. Yeah, a lot of working with investors. So, like, he's seen uh, people come in from absolutely brand new scratch. He's seen people who are uh, very experienced and seasoned investors and property developers. And he's also worked with people and seen them grow as well. So going from total beginner to then doing hundreds of units, one of them being myself and uh, many other people in the real life tribe. So thank you, Adam, for coming on and uh, coming here to share your knowledge. No, thanks very much, Mark. It's great to uh, chat again. I know we've um, sort of spoken in the past and yeah, really exciting to, to be here. Yeah, well, what's cool is uh, I know you came on uh, something we were doing before, uh, which was uh, Real Life Money Monday. Mm. Yeah, so that was brilliant to have you on there. But now, what's cool? Oh, I'll create the thing all together. Oh, no, I wanted to get a little crawler on the go. Uh, i sort that out later. Yeah, um, but this is uh, so, so now uh, you're back on here because you're a game changer. Yeah, you, you change, change the, the game. Well, you change the game for yourself. So we're going to be hearing about your property projects, how you went from, yeah. um, you know, just being on the kind of what do you call it? I won't call it on the tools. It's on the desk. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, with the uh, with the what we call the felt tip fairies, the uh, the pen pushers. <laughs> felt tip yeah. fairies. I've heard that one before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. that's cool. Yeah, so if, so from being on the desk or being a felt it fair, it's actually getting into the game and uh, yeah, getting your projects going. So we want to hear all about that. But we yeah. also want to hear about all the problems that come up and what are the things that people are doing wrong? You know, people do these things wrong. They don't get things set up properly. You know, me, myself, uh, um, I am one for wanting to move forward very fast with mm. uh, with things. and uh, But I'm, I'm good at turning corners quickly. Yeah, so so like when I do make a mistake, we can turn corners quickly. In our construction company, Real Life Creative Construction, um, that's sometimes difficult if the client is not going to do that. So that means people like us, people like you, Adam, we've got to make sure that people have everything and all the knowledge up front. Yeah. So before we get into that, just give people a rundown of the projects and the type of experience you've got so they can direct their questions accordingly. Yeah, of course. So to be fair, we started, well, the architect started about four, four and a half years ago. Um, and we basically grew with our investors and the developers that we work with. So we did sort of small scale HMOs, um, we did extensions, loft conversions, um, and a lot of those sort of projects that are sort of right down to the minute sort of small, small scale detail. Um, and then as our clients started to, evolve and grow onto bigger projects and take on commercial office schemes or new build sites or 
um, student accommodation blocks and things, and we basically grew with them. So, um, the yeah, some of the projects we're working on at the moment, we've we're working with guys that have been going for sort of 25, 30 years. Um, we've got one project at the minute that's an 85 bed student accommodation block, um, which is an old warehouse that we're turning into yeah into student accommodation with extensions. We've got another site which is 74 new build houses. Um, we've got new build student accommodation sites again which are just straight from ground up um so it's yeah over time we've also got projects that are sort of office blocks that we're turning into sort of seven or eight nice one bed two bed flats um so it's a real kind of mix and what's what's nice from our side is that we're sort of growing along with our our clients um, and seeing a whole range of projects yeah this is brilliant i'm just looking on here i can't even see anywhere where the comments are for us to do so that's a bit strange so let me just check that out and see if we are actually you know people are oh here we go yeah something's happening yeah so it looks like people are there let me just give that a see uh yeah i mean it looks like people are there so hey hit us up with a comment hit us up with some things i don't know if uh, it's, it's there you see so uh, just drop us a comment in there, hit the share button uh, so we can make sure people are grasping Adam's uh, extensive experience here. Yeah, so so let's let's break this down, you know, because so much value and so many different directions we could go in. But ultimately, it's about getting started. And when people get started, what is it they need to look out for? Yeah, so uh, I'm just going to cover the get started bit. And then it'd be good, Adam, if you could put a list together. Well, let me know in the comments, guys, if it's coming up. I can't see any comments on here for some reason. Um, but let me know uh, what questions you have about getting started, about planning, about floor plans, about maximizing space hmm. for your properties, and then we'll get into it. But getting started, we were just talking before. Um, you're going to hear it here first, guys. This is one of the first places I'm letting this knowledge out. But I've decided I'm going on a one-year journey, and it's called the One-Year Road to Wimbledon. And I decided... Um, with no previous experience coaching no nothing i literally had my first coaching session two three weeks ago in tennis i am going to be this time next year my aim this time next year is to win wimbledon it's going it's to win it yeah so some people might think i'm crazy but look first thing you got to do is get started yeah, so I'm, yeah, getting, yeah. I'm gonna record the whole thing i've been recording the whole thing already yeah. you know how it how I started with nothing, with crappy materials, you know, you know, yeah. uh, tennis rackets where the strings are so bad you could probably play play it like a banjo, yeah. you know, like um, and and anyway. So when's your uh, first when's your first first tournament? Well, I ain't even got a tournament booked in yet, uh, yeah. so that's that, that's it. So, yeah. but I'm but I'm making moves. And so the first thing is when it comes to property investing or any business endeavor for that matter, you just got to get started. You've got to do something. I've learned so much. Go subscribe to the Mark Harvey YouTube channel if you haven't already. This is where this uh, documentary is going to be put together. We will we will want it televised as well um, because it's going to be awesome. I'm going to win Wimbledon. Yeah. yeah this, is, this is what's going to happen. I have no idea. I don't even know if I'm going to get it. I don't even know if I can get in. Yeah, but if I don't start, if I didn't start hitting it and, and have this idea, then uh, it wouldn't happen. If Conor McGregor didn't say one day I'm going to be the UFC champion, if he, if he just didn't say that to himself initially, then he never would have been. Yeah. So, so like this is um, why not... tennis, Mark? Why tennis? Uh, tennis is the new football for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tennis. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I tore my crucial ligament. 
when I was 21 and uh, that kind of halted football. I went to play in goals, you know, and then, um, yeah, I've, I've hit a tennis ball a few times, but then I had this coaching session with a guy a couple of weeks ago and he said, yeah, let's just hit a ball. Let's just hit it, hit it. So we started hitting it uh, for about three minutes or so. And then it was like, yes, it's clear you have uh, not had coaching before. You have zero technique. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, I had a couple of sessions there, but then I, I then I hurt my shoulder because of the new way he was teaching me. It was obviously not my muscles weren't used to it. So then I couldn't have any more coaching sessions while I was out there. So now I'm back and we've done what we've needed to do for the last uh, week or so. Starting tomorrow, I'm going to a tennis club to even I don't even know if the season. What do you do in the winter? I don't even know. Yeah. yeah so. It's, this is the thing about getting started. This is the thing about property investing. So let's switch gears onto property investing now. And mm. what would someone do if they're like me, who has zero idea about how to get to Wimbledon? Do I have to pay money? How do we even get into a tennis club? I don't even know if you can or what, what you've got to do. And how do we switch gears into the property investing world? So Adam, like what I want you to give them a list or what do you think, what's your advice? of What, what are the things they need to have lined up to to at least know what are some of the steps before I start a project, before I start getting builders on site, because some yeah. people rush to get the builders on site when they haven't got everything in place and it causes major, major. And in fact, in some cases, I've seen extreme pressure applied just to get people on site um, without the things and thinking that it's speeding the whole job up, but actually it just causes more pain, more problem and more lost time, money and confidence, which is the most important thing. So what are some of the things that people need to have in place, Adam? Uh, 100%. You've got to start off and make sure that you've got all of those things lined up before you start. So um, first thing, you need to get your team together. So you've got to, you know, either get together with your mortgage broker, your solicitor, you've got to find a project. So whether you use a sourcing agent or you find it yourself, um, you've then got to pull together that design team. Um, the architect is kind of the key one in the middle of all that, because typically we act as, as the lead designer, if you like. So we'll pull together structural engineers and acousticians and ecologists if we need it and topo surveyors and, and everyone else that sort of give you all of that information so you're ready to start and you've got a plan. Because um, it's like you with your tennis mark. You, you, know, you can't just go out there and start winning Wimbledon. You've got to have a plan of, where everything's going aren't you <laughs> yeah. so that's it the, for, for us that's what um basically it's almost treating it as like pre-start and then actually on site so all of the stuff pre-starting on site is is so important to get right um because it's it, almost imagine starting on site is your um your first round at wimbledon so you've got to put in all the training and all the planning before that um and that's where all the design work comes in to make sure that we, you know, we've thought about as much as we can. And there's as few unforeseen problems when you physically start on site. So you have a smooth run all the way through to the final. Um, so the team is absolutely vital. Um, and thinking about all those different hurdles that you're going to cross um, right at the start. Um, planning is obviously a massive one, um, depending on what your project is, um, but making sure that you have permission to do what you intend to do in the first place um, one of the things that we sort of do right at the start with a lot of our clients is just look at different options so you might have a building and there might be six or seven different ways that you could you know reach what your goal is um, if, you, if your goal is to make as much money as you can or if you're 
aim is to um i don't know make the you know win the next reba president's medal awards before you know for design then whatever your your end goal is um, we come up with loads of different options to to try and um achieve that um so yeah that's that's the other thing working through and understanding what your wants and needs are as well so um yeah i think that's probably one as well as an investor just being true with yourself and understanding what is it that you actually want from this project because um i know mark in the past you've had it where you know a lot of clients and, and people are in the in the tribe um, you know they've got their end goals and you've got what they're you know they want financial freedom or they want to you know do a hundred bed scheme and that's what their target is but you've got to um you've got to work out what that is in the first place before you can start yeah exactly and you you bring up a good point here which is like because there's so many options so if you if you're not got rails and this is how we teach people like we teach people like okay like you first of all you got to know what's your goal like why why do I want to make well, what's my outcome here okay financial freedom what is what is even it what is that yeah I'm coming you know this weekend we've got another two days where you know we're going to be doing a hell of a program you know mm. where we find the deals raise the finance hone all on all this strategy but but like once people have this strategy uh, uh goal then they've got to know what strategy gives them the maximum impact to hit that when i'm then delving into that strategy like you say what's my end goal here what am i building is that's what you've got to decide like what's the product i talk you know my background is business my my, my passion is business and that's and people say like how what's the difference between you know people coming to real life training on property investing and anywhere else it's like we actually train in business mm. yeah and it just so happens that then the vehicle is property investing yeah so, so with business being the forefront it's like um what's the product yeah. yeah so i don't say i don't say room i don't say house or anything like that i'm like what's the product and then we gotta we gotta we gotta build then the design based on what the product is yeah. You know, so, so like, like I don't need it to look like Buckingham Palace high level standard like that. I need it to be a product that's going to serve the type of customer. Yeah. You know, so like people are talking rooms and tenants, and that's fine, terminology, whatever. You know, but I'm just in my mind, I want to build a product that's right for the client, for the customer, for their experience, and and for the for the type, the longevity as well. Like if I'm building a house five bed house which we actually you know wonderfully rent out which you did the plans on that mm. one if you remember and we had to yeah. it because the planning wasn't accepted because of you yeah know, it's closed and stuff yes or versus you know uh a six unit you know studios or, or double ensuite hmo style yeah. like a type of product for a type of client and it's these things that people are going to get nailed down and once they get these things nailed down and all of this, like creme de la creme, Adam, isn't it? That like before you even step foot on the construction site or turn it into a construction site, that you even know what door handles, what paint's going on, what walls, what all of that. That's the creme de la creme, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. How, how many people you work with, you actually get to that stage? Uh, that's the trouble. You, nowadays, it never happens like that. Um, and this is where contracts come in because you either have the the traditional route which is you know 200 years ago an architect would do that and we'd have absolutely every single nail bolt paint finish everything all done before 200 years ago. 200 years ago. 
No, but well, even even 70, 80 years ago, even 30 years ago. But now as, as design and build has come into that, um, it, it's design and build. You, you do them almost hand in hand and you end up with um, it, it's all down to how quickly people want to start on site. Um, the longer you can hold off often means that problems get dealt with and um you know there's less issues when you physically are on site but it's it's always a balance between speed and and quality and time um putting together the design really hmm. i think the only thing that this is the, just the way we operate everyone might operate different but the only thing that we may accept as not having uh, decided fully is that 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 um you know, like the design aspect from the finished furnishings. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but like in terms of where everything is going, the doors, the type of doors, you know, all of that. I mean, how can it even be priced properly, 100%. you know, if, if, if it's not done? I mean, look, we use this in our team. We use this uh, analogy of going from playing on a pool table to a snooker table. You see, on a pool table, if you're out a little bit, it's kind of okay. You know, sometimes mm. it can still ricochet in, yeah. you know, or, or at least you end up in the vicinity of where the pocket is for, for your next shot. Yeah. But on a snooker table, if you're that far out at the other end of the table, by the time you get to the other side, it's in the middle of the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we've just embarked going from like average, I think the most units we ever ran at one time was about 70, which was across mm. 14 different projects all at one time. Yeah. yeah, so we're now going from that to like 140 odd units in one project. So it's like, okay, we're going from playing on a pool table to a snooker table now. So yeah. that, that stuff has to be in place because it's okay. Well, it's only cost us, you know, a few quid because of the mistake, but now it's a few quid times 140. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so, so, so like it's a problem. Yeah, and by the way, that's if it was, you know, one thing but if it's multiple things within there like sockets for example you know then it could be you know that times you know thousands no definitely so, is that's yeah. the thing though. that's where the bigger projects there's more risk there's more time and effort um and and there's more time up front that needs to be had to to make sure you don't you don't come across those those massive problems really so yeah so um give us give us some tips then adam on how do people like what should people be looking at to maximize what the end product is depends what the uh, end product you want it to be doesn't it you uh i could i could say right now right let's um maximize the site i think that's probably the the most important thing isn't it maximizing it for what you want and what your end goal is um but it depends what that is so what would your advice be then on like the maximizing for space? Because I'll tell you, actually, honestly, as some of the earlier projects, we've squeezed some extra rooms in to help with either an extra room on the rent or an extra, you know, uh, uplift from the GDV. Yeah. But then, you know, overall, it's kind of like, hold on, you know, this room don't rent out because we squeezed it in. Mm. Well, the, the prime example of that we've um, so as part of um, the architect company, we also do our own developments as well, which you touched on. Um, we've got a site on at the moment where it's in a conservation area. It was an old care home um, and we we put planning in originally to turn it into 33 one bed flats. Um, the plan was that we were going to pass it on to a social housing provider um, and they were going to rent the whole building off us. And that was that. 
Um, but as we went through planning, the the social housing provider then suddenly didn't, you know, there wasn't any commitment from them. We weren't sure whether it was going to happen or not. And so we quickly kind of pivoted and changed our strategy to 20. So we brought the numbers down, uh, 20 sort of two bed luxury flats because of the, the location that we're in. So that's sort of an example of where squeezing them in isn't always the best strategy because we knew that if we had 33, I mean, 33 one bed flats, if we wanted to sell them, we'd just flood the market and who, you know, are there 33 people who actually want a one bed flat? Whereas if you've got a fewer amount, nicer standard, you've still got the option to either rent them out or sell them. Um, it suddenly makes it more attractive to the market, I guess. Um, and that's where sort of weighing up those pros and cons and saying, well, from a design perspective, how do you want to maximize your GDV? Mm. Absolutely. This is the exact thing that we got going on with our project right now as well. Although it's divided up into two beds, one beds, and then some studios as well. Just mm. a mixture of people who might want to buy it for themselves uh, and people who might want to buy one or two for yeah. investment. And, and another thing is that actually on these type of projects, get out to the housing associations because housing associations have targets of how many they will buy each year as well to add to their um, you know, portfolio and their targets as well. So uh, on what we've uh, established is, especially when selling is the primary exit and the primary strategy is to uh, start selling it now. Yeah. Like, It'd be like even start selling it six weeks ago before we even own the project yeah. uh, and uh, see, see who's after it because there's a, because people right now, and by the way, now it doesn't even matter when you're listening to this anyway, is, but, but now's the time, but like right now, like where are we? We're in like August, 2022 right now is the time to build a property business because Loads of people are moving out of the way because of like they're scared that there's a bubble and all the rest of it. Um, materials are increasing, cost of materials, interest rates are creeping up, and there's kind of rumors it could even jump up. Cost of living is going up, so there's a lot of people getting scared. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's one reason. The other reason is because of all of this, people are looking to put their money and invest their money into something solid can't put it in crypto and be guaranteed nothing, you know, unless you're playing the 10 year game. Yeah. You're not going to be able to put it into stocks again, because that's falling, you know, and dropping all the time. So unless you're a trader, yeah, the investment strategy is not, you know, the one right now. Mm. Yeah. So, but what real estate gives you is not only can you make chunks by the flip and the selling strategy, but you can make recurring monthly income as well. Yeah. yeah, and this this allows people to replace their income, so they work. And, and by the way, when people are working because they're choosing to work, oh my goodness, does life change? Oh, mm. yeah, like, like, like people's perspective on life, work, and everything else just has a whole new uh, lens that people are looking through. So, like right now, with interest rate rates rising, still no interest you're getting on money in the bank though. Inflation, they say, is uh, you know seven percent, ten percent could go up to eighteen percent. If they actually measured it properly, people would see it's probably about forty percent anyway. That's scary, mm. yeah. If you're not doing anything about it, but I'm not scared, yeah. And people are saying, oh, you know, look at two quid a liter uh, fuel and all of this stuff. This is because they're not actually focusing on bigger dreams and bigger goals. 
so these things count like like people are saying oh you're not worried about you know materials going up you know no i'm not because i'm actually looking at how do i do the next 10 million 30 million 50 million pounds worth of property deals how do i raise money from the bank is obviously always a given as long as the deal stacks up yeah but yeah. but how do i raise private finance how do i raise 1 million 2 million 5 million how do we open the real life resorts with gyms, spas, tennis courts, yeah. uh, training rooms, you know, like, like retreats, yeah. uh, restaurants, like this is, this is where it's going. How do we open 13 of them in the next five years in 10 different countries? Mm. Yeah, so, so that's why I'm not bothered about looking at whether something costs, you know, two pounds, one pound 50 or whatever. Uh, and, and this is what I advise everybody, everybody, you know, needs to have goals that are actually like, you know, like the same thrill you get on a roller coaster. Like you're scared, but yeah. like you're, you're, you're excited. Yeah, yeah, you're excited, scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. it. You've everyone's got to have that goal that that you're aiming for, and like I think as well though, it's just going like you said again with your tennis is just doing it in state in step by step in stages, but progressively getting you know getting closer to your whatever your end goal is um and enjoying the journey as you go um mm. it's not, you know it's it doesn't matter if you don't get to the to Wimbledon final does it but if you've been playing tennis for a year and you enjoy doing it then happy days you know you've you've enjoyed your life i'm gonna i'm gonna win Wimbledon and if Wilson Architects wants to sponsor me along the way then Hey, listen, if you get if you get in early, yeah, because if I start yeah, yeah. Early, the, the sponsorship fee is gonna start yeah. increasing. <laughs> yeah. See how so, your first game is first. <laughs> yeah, unless I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get I might live stream it. How's yeah. that? I'm gonna live stream my entry to, yeah. to a tournament. I need to see if I can get into a tournament before the season finishes. Yeah. But um what was I going to say? Yeah, so this whole get started, by the way, I could have easily turned down, you know, practicing tennis today. You know, mm. I just, I could have said, I've just eaten my dinner. You know, I've got this call. I'm dressed, I'm literally dressed in the clothes that I went out in. Like, these are not even sports clothes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could have said, oh, by the time I go out there and come back in, this, you know, it's, uh, that's going to take longer than actually I'm going to get on the pitch. But you know what? I'm so glad I did. Mm, yeah. And yeah. This this just reminds me. I'm so glad when I make that call or I find that deal or I go to that training because yeah. when action creates opportunity, and I literally went out there and I'm so like my mind's so much stronger. That's why I'm coming on here with so much conviction of like yeah. one year road to Wimbledon. Like we're doing it. Like it's happening. And yeah. I have no idea what it's going to be like. Yeah. But anybody watching right now, you should hit the share button. Yeah. Tag as many people as you know in here i usually say tag at least 10 people but get tagging some people why because we're going to wimbledon number one number two wilson architects is going to sponsor me mm -hmm. yeah number, number three adam is sharing some right golden nuggets right here and what you need to be looking out for and what it does i tell you what your service does adam it calms the left side brain down yeah because people don't get started because the left side is like oh but x you know, and why is not making sense. Like, hundred percent. It's thinking it's, of solutions, isn't it? That's where an architect in general is so good because we the the best thing I learned at uni. You know, spending years at uni, and you know, there's there's plenty of bits throughout it that are, you know, 
it's all well and good, but it's not real life, is it? But you, the best bit is having that problem solving and like proactive mentality that this, like, there's a problem. It's tough. Like, how do we get around it? Instead of thinking, well, we can't do this. It's how do we get around it? And that's a mentality thing, isn't it? And most architects have that. Um, so you've, you know, use us to your best advantage. Yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, also what it comes down to, it's not, we're not just talking architect drawings for floor plans. We're actually talking like planning as yeah, well. Yeah. Like planning, uh, the planning process within, you know, building control regulations, councils, all of this, this stuff. So just share some wisdom around that and why that's so important. Planning's, planning is where you can probably make your most money, to be honest. You can, I mean, I'm sure, have you done some sites before where, you've you know bought a site got planning on it and then sold it on and what have you done i don't i don't sell it i just do it myself just do it yourself <laughs> but that's it it's the when you're turning an old derelict building into a bunch of flats or a bunch or 10 different rooms or whatever it is that's where the value is because you've turned nothing uh, from nothing into something um and the planning process is just looking for those opportunities um, making sure that it ties in with what the council are looking for and making sure that from a community perspective as well, you're actually improving where you're investing. Um, sure. you're not, you know, you're not there to try and, um, you know, exploit an area to try and squeeze as many, you know, tenants into a house. You're there to try and make a place better, um, which has a long-term effect. And it's not just all about making money, is it? Absolutely not. I mean, if you're just making it for the money, trust me, when like sometimes it get a little bit tough or something unknown comes into it, yeah. you know, people run the other other way. But also the, what's so useful and, and for me is a must, absolute must mm. when, you know, making sure that the plans are all there before we even start anything. Yeah. And it's because like if I don't have that information, yeah, how do I know what I'm doing? That's number one. But yeah. like, uh, you say have i you know got some bought somewhere got planning and then sold it no but i have bought it from someone who has done that and yeah. i tell you what you, you just said it's so valuable and the reason i think it's so valuable is because so many people will not go into the unknown the person who is prepared to look at it and say well i could turn it into this i'm going to spend you know 1500 quid 1800 quid if it's a small project uh to, to, to get it, to get the planning, then can have an uplift of 20, 30, 50K, 100K, just depending on what the situation is, yeah. because they, they were willing to just look into the unknown. Everyone else, they were not willing to look into the unknown. Well, then fine, you pay that 50K extra yeah. now because someone you know did the you... unknown work first. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, because I, but, but that's why if I do it myself, if I go through looking through the unknown, you know, I just I just carry on and do the, the project myself. Yeah, no, hundred percent. The the planning side is where the risk is ultimately. Um not to say that once you've got through planning there isn't risk, but the the planning's you know, it's the non it either starts the project or it doesn't. Um and that's the bit where you've you know you've you've got to make sure you really thoroughly think all things through. Mm. And here's the thing. I just want to put this statistic on the table. Uh, with you, we have a 100% record of, <laughs> of, of deals being done and like planning, you know, being approved and is continuing to follow through and do the job. 
even uh, and by the way i've got a hundred percent record anyway with all architects that i've worked with so yes architects you've got to find great ones like adam but also you can't just put the responsibility onto the architect and say well they didn't do this they didn't do that ultimately it's my responsibility i'm the owner yeah mm. of the job. i'm the owner i'm the I, like i've got to take ownership and responsibility you know because what it comes down to it comes down to the quality of my questions i mean you for sure 1000 percent know more about all of that detail than me gladly i ain't interested in it yeah but, but it's up to me to ask questions so i understand enough to say well what can we do what can we get away what is the best thing to do based on your opinion and it's my job to then translate your information into yeah does that work that's why getting the right coaching the right training the right mentoring is absolutely key because i love professionals you know like like i've made millions from working for professionals and they've made a lot of money as well but ultimately if you solely just want to rely on what a professional says most of them they're not trigger pullers mm. so i've got to take my <clears throat> mentorship about pulling the trigger from someone who pulls the trigger mm. well if my professional whether it be my broker my solicitor or my architect you know fortunately for people who work with you you pull the trigger as well mm. yeah. yeah but like for other people they they don't pull the trigger how can i take that advice you know, I'll take your professional advice, but I can't take your advice on pulling the trigger because you don't do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. true. Yeah, it's, it's a big oversight as well, and it's and it causes people to not do deals. It causes people to procrastinate. It it causes people to pass up on opportunity that's a great opportunity, and sometimes it causes people to do stuff that's not really they shouldn't have done it. Yeah, yeah. You know? You know, again, because people were like, oh, on paper, it looks all right. But they didn't look at it from a trigger puller point of view. They looked at it from a professional. Well, I'll do the job for you. But I'll do my portion of the job for you. That's it. That's 100%. Because the thing is, as well, there's so many different opinions in any project. You know, it's not you could take, you know, you'll, you'll look at it from one perspective. But there are 10, 20 different people all looking at it with their own two pence worth in a project. And I guess you as the owner has to collate all of that and make an, an informed decision, which is the same as business, isn't it? You know, you you have your staff, you have your advisors, you have everyone else, you have your accountant, you solicit everyone all advising you. Um, but ultimately you're the one, you know, it's your name above the door. So you've got to make the decision. Yeah, and I'll just tell you a quick one here, like how, how much of a problem this can become if it's not tackled early. And, and that is, first of all, as the project owner or the business owner, you cannot make decisions based on the people's opinions. You've got to bring it back to what we talked about earlier, which is it's a product. Mm -hmm. So you've got to take the insight that each professional gives and say, like, how does this apply to creating this product here, which is, which needs to be a product is for a certain type of client. That's one thing. The other thing is, I remember when we first started, we had this uh, three bed house, we turned into five bed HMO. And we literally came up with a spec from three different, well, actually like three different people would come around and say, we do, oh, you could do this, you could do that. Uh, and then in the end, we were looking there baffled, like, why is one person charging 80 grand and another guy is charging 200 grand? I yeah. mean, is he trying to rip us off? Is this guy, you know, not going to be able to complete the job? We were totally baffled. Yeah. And through then, you know, understanding like what's being produced here, like, it's different products. Yeah. Yeah. 
one's producing you know a quote off his opinion next guy is doing it off his opinion and all of a sudden people are not pricing the same thing no that's what helped us figure out you know if we add the plans and people are you know quoting off of of supply creating the same product yeah. now now we know what the score is and no. again that comes to back back to how good the planning is uh, yeah which entails having working drawings with measurements on it right yeah i've, yeah. I've seen no. crazy stuff adam <laughs> i think you was involved recently yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen some crazy stuff yeah i've seen some stuff that i thought like my kids have drew mm. I've seen people superimposing new plans over old plans and it's like almost the Chinese whisper effect, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like, like, how can you do that? It's and so it's, hard, yeah. And that's, it's trying to save a few, Bob. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, but I suppose that's where you kind of, you again, knowing what your product is and knowing what your customer is, if you, you need to get the essential information down um, and this is where saying right well i've got a time limit because i need to get on site for x date and how much information can i put together in that time and what's the priority and like you say it might be you know picking the door handles or picking the paint finishes they you know they can come later on but as long as you've said well okay we want one feature wall or we want black door handles or you know the important things that then at least gives a builder the the guidelines i guess to say well they're not between you know one's 80k and one's 200k you suddenly got some that have made certain assumptions but they're between 80 and 100k um and everything's a lot more sort of refined um and you can that's when you can then get into the nitty-gritty um and and sort of pick out based on that mm, yeah for sure and um you know as you keep going through the scale team member like up the scale doing bigger projects you know bigger investments like the principles are the same that's what i found yeah. and that's what I, that's what i love about like <clears throat> we were told when we started investing like don't start with a hm no they didn't even say don't they said you can't start with a hm <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they said to me so you can't yeah. but funnily enough we did about six to begin with you know i'm talking straight off the bat in one go yeah okay, they told us we couldn't even do one yeah but the way, reason i like the hmo it's because it puts you in that category of having to have a design because you know you're changing the structure of a place yeah yeah you're ripping things down you're rebuilding it you're, you're changing it like people who have said oh <clears throat> you know i've done a few flips or did a buy to let man if you just painted the wall uh, you're not yeah. really <laughs> you're not really done it and then they say right now i'm going to build my new house yeah yeah you're from building a new house from scratch because you painted a wall and put some skirting board on somewhere yeah, yeah that's a big step but but like the the beauty of what i like about hmo you can scale them back to do the paint on the wall or the flip or you know the tarting or yeah. type of thing but you can also scale forward like building houses like uh <clears throat> you know adding out buildings extensions onto flip projects going up into the roof yeah because we, we always say you got to create margin, right? And the way you create margin, and especially on like a selling strategy. So if I'm going to buy somewhere, mm. rather than just the house up that's there, I want to put it into a different category. So yeah. rather, rather than just say, you know, like it's a three bed house, let's make it an awesome three bed house. No, let's make it a four bed house. Yeah. Exactly. And if it add a certain size kitchen, let's make the kitchen bigger. Yeah. yeah? Let's add an ensuite in. Like, 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 let's put it into a different category. Yeah. 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 
And then, then this allows to go on to, well, okay, let's do a 17 bed HMO. Let's now go and do, you know, a hundred plus units. I mean, maybe that's a bit of a big jump for some people, but that is the jump I choose to make. Yeah. And I'll say it. And I'm yeah. going to win women as well. It's un- it's having that like a vital understanding of what that process is and whether it's like you say, whether it is a six bed HMO or a hundred units, the pro understanding what the process is. Um, there's obviously so many on a hundred unit scheme, there's so many more constraints and things to think about and um hoops to jump through, but the process is still the same. Um and and that's what as long as you've got that fundamental understanding, you 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 know, you you're halfway there really. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think a lot of people, they come to the real life property wealth training. I know you came in 2019, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. yeah. Like a long time ago. Right? Yeah, yeah. A long time yeah. ago. 20, 20, 21, 22. It's only three years. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's why I think a lot of people, they come to this training because it is, it is literally the pivot in between. I mean, I've literally, we'll be doing the training. We'll be finding some deals and someone will be finding um you know a hundred thousand pound deal want to turn it into a buy to let or something an exact same training using the principles someone finds some conversion they're going to do that's going to be worth 1.5 million that's happened that's happened on many occasions yeah yeah this is just like from scratch you know in this two day i think when you came it was one day but it's two days now because we spent more time finding the deals more time helping people so people actually leave the program with property deals and what's so cool because people would never believe this was possible they leave with actually raising money like mm-hmm. private yeah. even yeah. the people that never thought they were going to be able to do it there's a certain exercise that we do and they leave they raise they raise money yeah yeah, yeah. Crazy. we're going to do it again this weekend you know third or fourth of september so uh if you're watching this live put hashtag live you know, and tag someone along because uh, you definitely want to get yourself along there. In fact, we'll put that link in there. Yeah. Mm. But talk talk to us a little bit about like what do you feel the experience or what gave you the confidence to go ahead and uh, do this current project? So explain what the project is and then tell us what the con- what, what gave you the confidence to do that. Well, this flat project that we've got on. Yeah. Yeah. So we. To be honest, we've been obviously like yourselves. We've been doing property for what five, six years um, alongside the architect business, and this project came up um, again. It was a big step up for us because we've we've previously done sort of commercial. We did a taxi rank into into a HMO. We did an office block into sort of seven flats, but this one's sort of the next next level. Um, and for us as as a developer, and the the. the I think like you said at the start you've got to set yourself high targets and for us this was one that sort of the opportunity arose it was a building that we we lived sort of five minutes away and it was always the one that was derelict on the best street and we walked past it every friday night going into town and said wouldn't it be amazing if we just owned that building um and it was there for years just sat doing nothing you know vandals had broken in and all sorts and ah um Anyway, came up on on right move. It had been there for a few months. No one had really seemed interested in it. And what was what was the opportunity? Well, there was those sort of blocks of flats around it that were sort of five or six flats, but there was nothing that sort of jumped out at anyone. Um, 
And so Hardy, my wife and I, we were sat there one Friday night, we saw this come up and that was it. All night we were there sketching out ideas, coming up with, well, how can we make this work? Because it is the building that we've wanted to do for so long. Um, and like you say, you find a way to get it to work. Um, so, you know, you look at, you, you're building, you're buying a building for a million quid. You, you know, wouldn't have a million quid lying around. You know, it's not one of those that you just, pick up and go yeah let's go for it so again you're there talking to people that you know can sort of help you piece things together and um you go and speak to the estate agent you go and view it you check that the sketches that you did that were on a you know scratchy bit of paper still work and you get the offer accepted and you think great this is it well we've got to now go through all the planning process and thankfully obviously our job gives us a bit of a, a benefit to doing that and we were confident that that was going to work but the bit that you don't sort of foresee at the start is just all the other issues so we had a um literally within a week of us getting the offer accepted the the building next door was set on fire and um, whole building was burnt down and that then had a knock-on effect on ours because there was a fire that was started at the back of ours as well um, so we were, you know, we were suddenly had an offer accepted, put planning in, spent thousands on planning fees and everything else. And this building was, could have gone up in smoke. Um, no one really plans or, or tells you about those sort of issues. So, um, I think the, the hardest thing is just staying, staying flexible with it all and just working out how do you get through it? How do you get the finance to work? Once we have planning through, it was a case of, can we get completed by a certain date because the owner needed to do it? Um, we, we started on site and suddenly the foundation, foundations were absolutely fine, but we had issues with building control to, to get them signed off. We had, um, what well, we have, we've had issues with development finance coming through on time to pay the builders to make sure that their cash flow is working okay. We've had um, issues with the lifts fitting in and making sure that their lead-in time sort of tie in with when we need them on site and all of those sort of problems. That's, you know, they're a handful of things that come up and I could probably tell you about a hundred of different ones and we're only three months into the build. But I think the biggest thing is just knowing that you've got that you know you're proactive you'll figure a way out and obviously we're thankful enough that we've got the experience with our clients projects as well that from an architectural perspective we know how to advise and as long as we advise ourselves properly then then it'll be okay but um mm. it's yeah it's tricky it's um you know but you've got to, you've got to stretch yourself that's it but that, look again from taking the action that's what then gives you the experience and experience is the only teacher yeah mm. this is why people progress so much when they come to real life when they do this training by the way the link is in there reallifepropertywealth.com like mm. you can you can only um like it's good this weekend by the way i don't know when you're listening to this this will go on our podcast channels as well so you probably missed it but those people are watching it live you still got opportunity to do this you know, summer is over, baby. It's time to, for autumn and winter, and those blues are going to start coming when the nights uh, <laughs> and, the, and the days start getting darker and wetter and colder. Yeah, this stuff, what we're talking about here, building real estate portfolios, building your future, taking action, gaining experience, this is what's going to keep you warm. This is also what's going to keep your family warm. This is what keeps me buzzing every yeah. day. Every day I'm buzzing for it. 
You know, there's always something new. Like, uh, literally, I have also, you know, I say I started this project from zero for winning Wimbledon, yeah? Mm. Also, so like some people say like, oh, it's okay for you, Mark, you got experience. I mean, obviously one day I didn't. Yeah, oh yeah, but you know how this works and how that works. So, okay, this I didn't do this because people said that to me, but as I was doing it, I realized, oh, so all those people that say they don't know, I have now gone to the Czech Republic. I don't speak the language. I don't know how the banking system works. I don't have, I have zero team members out there. I don't have no builders. I don't have no people. I just don't have anybody. There's no one. I don't know how the demand works. I don't know if, when I'm when I'm doing the viewings because of the language. I don't know what's you know going on. Are they speaking it you know, some dodgy <laughs> stuff to each other or what? Yeah. And what I'm doing, I'm just following the principles, you know, that we yeah. teach you know, this two day program, which is I've got to know the formula to work out the numbers. I'm producing a product for a certain clientele. So I've got to make sure when I put that product together, do then the numbers stack up, yeah. then I'll fit their lending banking system into that deal. If not, I'll have to get international lending, which they charge me a yeah. bit more, but so what's another option. But again, it's, having a it's having a formula yeah and and having like at least the highest level know-how of how it's going to work to then like when i take action i'll get some feedback and i'll use that feedback interpret it to create a new direction take more action get more feedback and it's literally just that you know the reason i pay for coaching and the reason i pay for mentoring you know consistently is because they help me understand the feedback as it comes and the people say there's no shortcuts to success that is bs yes there is yeah, yeah. get mentored yeah mentor just very quickly mentor is someone who's done it before and been on the steps that you want to take coaching by the way is different from mentoring because people confuse this coaching is where the coach unleashes the greatness in you and enables you to learn they don't teach you they enable you to learn for mm. yourself and gain experience without all the mind frick and the stories you tell yourself and the emotional kind of roller coaster you know garbage they help you stay straight they help you stay on rails by you know finding more potential within you yeah and the training is the steps yeah and the facilitating is the guiding of the experience so there's those four things and then add, an, add, a, add a community on top of that boom you're going to be flying training coaching mentoring facility community yeah facilitating you know community yeah, yeah. That's, that's the that's the key there so i just want to quick fire a couple of questions at you adam because we're going to wrap this up i mean time is time is flu hasn't it wow yeah it's a little bit <laughs> yeah time <laughs> Time has flew. Time has flew by. Yeah. So uh, for those that are missing out now, because we're finishing this, you might want to extend, you know, uh, your property journey and finding out how you can execute on all the things that we've been talking about by coming to Real Life Property Wealth next week, the third and fourth of September. Go ahead and do that. Uh, Adam, can you remember your experience from three years ago? Yeah, it was a, just about. I know we were down in London. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it was really good. Really, um, yeah, it was one of those that yeah that I can remember. The the one thing that I remember was the um, you know, the exercise where you put your arm up and someone's pushing it down, and, <laughs> and you say if you say in your head, "I can do this, I can do this," your arm's dead still. Whereas if you change your mindset and go, "I can't do this, I can't do this," someone's there, arms pulled right down, and it's yeah, that was the biggest thing that I learned from it. Just all about mindset yeah and here's the thing like you knew the information 
So you knew what to do anyway. You, yeah. you, you knew how to find the deals. You know what a deal is because you were doing it for clients, right? You were being involved in, obviously, you asked clients questions. So the information was like on a plate for you, you know, because you were serving so many people. Yeah. But then doing what you know, that was the difference. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I would, that's what I take what you just said from there. 100%. You know, a lot of other people's takeaway would be, oh, I now know this strategy. I know that that strategy. But when, as soon as you know it, now you've got to be able to apply it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the difference. You know, most people, they'll lecture PowerPoint presentation you to death yeah, with lots of information. But that doesn't mean you're going to do anything. Because no. if you want to do anything, just go watch my YouTube channel. I give away everything for free. Yeah everything any technical strategy information that you want message me i'll create videos on it and i'll create them for free forever that's my my strategy anyway but when you want to be able to apply it you've got to be able to know the sequence of the steps the sequence of the rep uh, the recipe and have the mindset and the ability to overcome the uh, you know the emotional challenges that, that come with it yeah to to succeed so uh, a couple of questions here uh first one is Look, you got a microphone right now. Yeah, you got. It, it translates to every different language across the whole planet. Yeah. Mm. What's, your, what's your 30 second message to the world? Wow. Um, don't let any problem that you face affect you enough to keep trying. Um, I think yeah, one thing I've learned the most recently is do not stop it going for what you want. It's the it's the most important thing that keeps you alive and keeps you, you know, turning up every day. Um so do not stop trying your hardest no matter what. I think that's all I'll say. <laughs> Fantastic. There you go, people. So um, that's that's that. So I've got one more question uh, to ask you so we can wrap this up because in our real life community, as you know, Adam, we have our uh, mastermind. It is a bank holiday, by the way. So I know people are all over the place, but uh, we still have uh, people showing up for our weekly mastermind. This is how we support each other in our community with the questions and the help and the support that's required. Uh, so we will let people get into that shortly. But I've got one more question for that. Adam, thank you so much for coming on here. It's always a pleasure. Uh, Appreciate it. Little, little golden nuggets, little tipping point ideas, pieces of advice is if people implement, oh my goodness, they will be able to you know, start their, their journey or take their journey to another level. So thank you for coming on, Adam. No, thanks, Mark. I really appreciate it. It's, um, it's always great talking to you. Yeah, beautiful. So la last question. We have a saying in our community, and that saying is, that you can never let people forget that they must do the right thing for the right reason. Now, why is that? Do you know what? Before we came on this, I was thinking, I need to remember the answer to this, but it's, oh, no. Why is it? Can you repeat the question once more and I'll get it? <laughs> You've got to do, you do the right thing for the right reason. Why is that? Oh, no. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so normally people give me their answer of their version, and then I will say, "Can you give us it for the record?" Yeah, which it's someone the, is the um, still potential. It's the only, the only way to discover your true potential. Someone's literally wrote it in the comments for you. Look, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the only way to discover your true potential. 
Okay, so let me ask, let me ask you again so we can add it to the reel. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so we've got to do the right thing for the right reason. Now, why is that? Because it's the only way to discover your true potential. <laughs> yes, Adam. Thank you so Brilliant. much. Thank you. So uh, we have we have cut it fine. But guys, that was another episode of Real Life Game Changers. Make sure you follow Mark Harvey on all of the social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And also get yourself to Real Life Property Wealth if you want to build a multi-million pound property portfolio. So as Adam said, you've got to do the right thing for the right reason because that is the only way to discover your true potential.